Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Believe in Falcons. I'm your host, Will McFadden. Joining me again today is Ovi Mahaley. And Ovi, you know, people should really respect us, and, and I'll let you know why. It's because <laughs> we actually show up. You know, we, we, we show up, we, we're doing our job. It's, it's a Sunday, you know, we, we're, but we're here and we showed up and that's probably a little bit more than we can say for the Atlanta Falcons today. Unfortunately, as much as you and I hate that, just man, wow, what a, what a, yeah. what a game, what a way yeah. to start the year. Wow is a uh, understatement. Um, I don't know what happened. I, I needed to wash my eyes out, my ears out and I hope my soul out because <laughs> it just, it, it was painful. I wanted to just scratch it away the, the 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 just agitation the uncomfortableness like i felt bad for them it's like when you see your friend trying to you know holler at a girl or, or you know, ask her out and he's bombing like just so badly and you feel bad for him it's like it's like a cringe worthy moment that was the whole game it was just cringe worthy because you're like this shouldn't be happening and you know at least calvin ridley will show oh he didn't do that well at least off his line is, is better than last year. Oh, my gosh. Well, at least our defense is not going to, you know. Oh, and just everything you wanted to happen didn't happen. And I think we were all guilty of being fans more than realists because with all the moves they made, uh, I was saying, like, middle of the season, oh, this is a rebuilding year. No one expects anything from this team. But then, you know, they're, they're talking the talk and training camp's looking good and kind of just ignoring the – Back staring you in the face, <laughs> like you know what? I think we can be a eight, nine, ten win team. You know, we might make the sneak into the playoffs. You know, I've been trying to tell you. You Obi. have been. I've been trying you to have do been. it. You can only get hurt if you have high expectations, and that's what I think me and the majority of the Falcons fans had was high, unreasonable <laughs> expectations, which is why we're all a little hurt right now. I mean, it 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 was just a the simple matter of. Again, like I and I, the scary thing is, I don't think you or I think the Eagles are that great of a team, which no, which is tough. Not but, at all. but again, if if you look at realistically at just that, there's no one part of this team that really does scare you. And in the NFL, like that's kind of where it starts is what scares another team when when they're lining up against Tennessee, it's Derrick Henry. And then because Derrick Henry is so scary it makes the other parts of the offense elevate because you have to worry about one part first and foremost. Atlanta doesn't have anything like that. And sure, I love Calvin Ridley. I think he's a really, really great player. I don't know if he is the scariest player in the NFL. I think Kyle Pitts could get there. I think Mike Davis is really good. Corderell Patterson had an awesome first game, I thought. But there's no part of this team, offensively or defensively, that should scare any other team. And I really think that that was... Um, a big theme to this first game is really what is this identity? What is the, the identity of this team? I don't think we know yet. I think we know what they want to do, but it it was a very much a baby steps game um, for me. So we're going to get into all of that in today's episode. Real quick, though, let's take a break and hear from today's sponsors. It's that time of the year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the new season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this year. 
Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. Take advantage of their opening day super promo, which means that if you make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys, and you lose, your wager will be refunded. Up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Exciting news! Our pod is partnering with PlayActionPools.com this season to bring some interactive fun to the sport we love most. You'll be able to get in on the action with our PlayActionPools.com football pick'em challenge, which is open to everyone. Here's how it works. Sign up for our contest, Believe Football Pick'em, at PlayActionPools.com, and then get your picks in each week. We're going to select the 10 highest profile games of the week between NFL and college football. Whoever gets the most picks correct each week will win a pair of electric sunglasses and a pair of DC shoes. Again, go to PlayActionPools.com and sign up for the contest, Believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, Football Pick'em. And if you plan on hosting your own football contest, go to playactionpools.com today. They've got Survivor, Pick'em, as well as a cool sportsbook style concept called Build Your Bankroll. Playactionpools.com, your new home for all your office sports pools. All right, Ovi. So where do where do you really want to begin? We kind of, I think, gave up a little bit of an appetizer of of <laughs> what everybody saw in yeah. this first game, which uh, is not 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 the best appetizer. You know, it's it's kind of like you order the appetizer; it's a little over expensive, and then it, it comes out not in like that the eight to nine minute range, but like the twelve to fifteen minute range, and it's a little bit cold. And your food comes out right after it. That was kind of the appetizer uh, the, that week one was for Falcons fans. Just a cold piled right next to the food appetizer. And you're like, well, really, do we want this queso now? What, what's going no. on? I, I'm, not, I'm not certain. Where do we start? No one wants cold queso. Let's start at the top. I mean, the head coach was uh, saying and it was getting quoted everywhere saying, you know, it's my fault. I take all the blame. You, you've seen this, uh, this move uh, several times. But, yep. you know. He's kind of right. It is a lot on his shoulders when you guys are darn near breaking records, 99 yards of penalties, 11, 12 penalties. And I, they were talking big about conditioning and, you know, you got to mm-hmm. you know be able to win the game before the snap and don't make stupid penalties and all that good coach speak. It was better than like, you know, the brotherhood, you know, lovey-dovey stuff that was in the last regime. So you felt like, all right, this guy is a militaristic, no fuss, no muss type of guy. Yeah. And his players would play accordingly. And that didn't happen. Not only did that not happen, but these guys looked tired. They, they looked sloppy. They, they looked like they knew what they were doing. And that is not what I expected out of uh, Arthur Smith and DMP's type of offense and defense. So I, I, I don't know. They have a lot of soul searching to do, and I don't want to be the guy, the sports analyst, the fan that's overreacted <laughs> on the first game. Just like in the preseason, we said, you know, calm down. Just because we lose all our preseason games doesn't mean we're gonna, you know, be a terrible team. Well, I mean, it's still nice to win one. Just get you in that that winning mood. The Falcons. <laughs> it's gonna be a while as they get in that winning mood. It's it's not happening next week, uh, unless barring a miracle. And uh, we'll, we'll yeah. see when they can get a, a W on the board. But I, I just have the 
here we go again. You know, the I told you so for so many fans. And it, it hate, I hate it because it sucks. It feels way too familiar for Falcons fans um, just having a, a coach fall on his sword and make excuses. Like, I, I think Dan yeah, Quinn ran yeah. out of ways to make excuses. Mike Smith in his career, like, ran out of uh, uh, excuses. They, they, had, they had, like, a, a big old laundry list of excuses. I don't want to hear the excuses. Like, you either do it or you don't do it. You win or you don't win. You're, you're pregnant or you're not. You're not necessarily <laughs> a little bit pregnant. You're... you're just do it. So yeah. I think, uh, but you know, you know, part of that is, is, is a coach kind of kind of sticking up for his players a little bit, but again, it like there, you don't have to stick up for that performance. No. What if, if Ovi, if I asked you and I, and I don't know if you've got the, the stats in front of you or not, but if I asked you how many sacks did the Eagles have in that game, what would be your answer off the top of your head? Uh, too many. Uh, they, they, they had three or four. I think they had uh, against the Falcons, right? Okay, they had three, but it felt like they had five or yes. six to me. Like it just felt like Matt Ryan had no time. And so as I was, I was looking at the the numbers here. I would, three sacks weirdly seems low, but as, again, as I'm looking at this, I think they had nine quarterback hits, which is about right. Yeah. And and that was a that was a big Dan Quinn line. Was it's not necessarily only about sacks; it's more about sacks and pressures. And I think we kind of saw the truth of that a little bit today, where my, you know, my my mom actually. Uh, I talked to her after the game, and she was like, "It just seems like the the Eagles defenders were always right next to the Falcons receivers <laughs> when they would catch the ball, and that the Falcons defenders were so far away from any Eagles receiver." And I kind of my thought to that was, the the Falcons didn't seem to trust their offensive line against this defensive line or this pass rush to give Matt Ryan really the time that they needed to exploit the Eagles secondary down the field. And it was a lot of quick outs. It was a lot of curl routes, kind of the, the intermediate game that they were playing. And I think the Eagles knew that that's what Atlanta was going to be able to do. And they weren't going to really be able to do much else. And they played that. And the Falcons really couldn't figure out a way to do anything else, which is a shame because they actually ran the ball pretty well today. And that's where you would want to set up that run game with those deep shots, they just could never get the deep shots because the offensive line couldn't hold up. So, I mean, what were your thoughts on the offense or on the uh, on the offense as a whole? Because uh, that's supposed to be the bread and butter yeah. with with Arthur Smith coming in. I mean, if you're looking for some uh, silver linings and some bright lights, it, it's got to be Cordero Patterson. It's got to be the run game. I agree. Having yep. you know eighty something yards uh, this game when there were several games in the season where they couldn't get past like fifty or sixty yards the, the whole game. And to have two RBs to show you that we're capable of running the ball. Yes, it was difficult when we got behind, like we always find a way to do. Uh, but it, 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 <laughs> they did stick to it a yeah, little bit, though, it, it, which, it, it which I appreciated. Arthur Smith and the thing that excited me was coming from a Derrick Henry monster run game offense. Uh, I thought that we can create a semblance of that here in Atlanta. That's what everyone talked about for weeks, for months. And yeah. you saw him at least try that. So so it was good to see that Matt Ryan is going to have a eventually competent run game to help him not have <laughs> every defense know it's going to be pass, 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 run, pass, pass, and eight more passes. We're going to mix it up, and we're going to be balanced. So, th- so that was a, a positive thing. The, the other thing that you, know, you mentioned was that <laughs> with the run game, it... it I, <sighs> 
I need Jalen Mayfield to step up. You know, I, I, yeah, I know it's... I, we'll, we'll get to him. Yeah, it's, it's just... I, I just... If you're a rookie, I get it. You got to ease into things and find your way to, to you know, come into yourself. But we just got to play better, period. Yeah, I, I, I mean, absolutely. 100%. Because it wasn't... Like, that was, again, the the rough part was that they were balanced, weirdly. But it was the... It was the passing game that was lacking. And I yeah. even even in the Falcons down years, it's usually not been the passing game that is lacking. And this may be a one. It's always tough first game of the season, right? Because you have a one of one sample size. And if this was, you know, week seven and the Falcons have been playing pretty well, then you would say, well, all right, it's a one game blip. The, the offense didn't have it here. Jalen Mayfield had his worst game as a Falcon. What have you? And, you know, it just didn't fall out. So it's it's tough just because it is the very first game. But all of this is it does matter. Matt Ryan finished with one hundred and sixty four passing yards. He didn't throw a touchdown. I mean, I I can't remember the last time that I really just looked up a Matt Ryan stat line. And it was like, oh, was was Mitch Trubisky playing (laughs) for the Falcons today? I mean, like that. That's not a stat line that we're used to seeing from Matt Ryan. But Watching the game, he did have some uncharacteristically off-target throws, but I think a lot of that was the product of a combining a new scheme with a a rough day from the offensive line. And again, I really think that what is going to make Arthur Smith's offense hum is when you combine those those runs with those play action, particularly like bootlegs and rollouts for this offense. And it seemed like every time they did that. The Eagles either blitzed a weak side corner to kind of catch Matt Ryan on that naked bootleg out the back pocket, yeah. or one of the tackles just kind of couldn't hold their ground. <laughs> kind of couldn't, and, and yes. the Eagles were were right in the backfield. Um, so let's let's do let's get into Jalen Mayfield here before as we kind of like finish up maybe on the offense. But what would be your message, or maybe not you know necessarily if this wasn't your role in the locker room, but like uh, a leader on the offense. What would they come over and say to Jalen Mayfield? If you're Jake Matthews, you know, it's the guy right next to you, just had the worst possible outcome of, of <laughs> his rookie start. Yes. Like, what's the message to keep his spirits up and say, but also let him know, like, you got to get better, get back to work, let's go. No, this is definitely uh, his nightmare. This is the worst case scenario for his debut in the NFL. <laughs> Did you see the Fox, like, camera zoom in on his i was it was like i cringed i, I told it, you like cringeworthy w- was the yeah. word of the of the day because so many times you just yeah you, you could you had trouble looking at it i had to look through my fingers because i felt bad for him i felt bad for the people who supported him i felt bad for his loved ones because yeah. he had nowhere to hide nowhere to hide and nowhere you play in the nfl and you're in one of those primetime positions almost every position is a primetime position like you have to show up when the lights are on it's great to be good in practice and it's nice to be uh you know a guy who has all the stats and is great on paper but unless you execute when your number is called you're you're worthless and as a fullback i don't have i didn't have many plays where i was on the field i was on maybe 40 50 percent of the time it's 60 percent if it's a heavy run game and if i miss like one block it's heard around the world you know around the locker room everyone is, is knows it and talks about it god forbid i miss a pass thrown my way you know these offensive <laughs> linemen especially these rookies where yes he wasn't supposed to be you know a day one starter and maybe they thought they could ease him into it but with the next man up kind of way the nfl works 
if you're there, you're on the field because you can play in this league. And he just didn't show up. So as an older guy, I talked to him uh, and just remind him that, you know, you have the skills, you, you have the uh, the talent, the ability. You just got to put it together. And it's one game, especially now with a 17-game season. It, it's one game. Now, if this becomes a repeated uh, atrocity, I can't help you. You know, I can, <laughs> I can say that to make you feel better. But you got, you know, one or two mulligans you can use to say, hey, uh, I'm getting my feet underneath me. Um, I'm going to get used to, uh, you know, this league and the speed and technique and all that stuff. So hopefully he has a better outing against Tampa, but it's going to be rough. Yeah, I mean, I think it's so it's safe to say probably that that uh, Jalen Mayfield gets both of our kind of Monday morning locker room, uh, team meeting room. Just, yeah, you're you're watching like you were the through it. Uh, your fingers yes. <laughs> watching that that game tape because you know that everybody kind of is thinking the same thing and it's exactly what you're thinking which is like make that block you know yeah. like you're but, and, now, no. now we're backed up to the three yard line exactly to start this drive that we need and, and it's yeah not just the blocks like the young guys the, young, the penalties the penalties uh, at, at key moments were also just yep. a killer but but here's the thing that i wish i could be inside the locker room i might I had a couple people that I know might see if I could reach out to them and, and see if this happens. <laughs> there was no accountability in the last regime. That was something that yeah, you heard yeah. whispers, you heard leaks that, you know, whenever somebody just messed up blatantly in front of everybody, they had the whole, you know, put your arm around your brother and it's all right. And let's kumbaya. Tell the truth and Monday. Yeah. And we, yeah chip Monday. And you know what? Let's just throw this away and not think about that. And let's focus on the future. There is a place for that. This is not that place. You need to painstakingly, you know, tape your eyelids open and watch the ugly, yeah. horrific embarrassment of a first yeah. game that you put on paper for the whole NFL to see and really call out those who didn't live up to the expectations. Not to make them feel yeah. bad, but to make sure that they know it's not going to be uh, accepted in this locker room and in this regime. Yeah, I mean, the, the final score doesn't lie. I mean, when you when you lose 32 to six against a team that it's not like everybody has the Eagles as the number two seed in the NFC like this and and the first few weeks of the season can be kind of misleading. But this I don't think is no. And you have to earn the benefit of the doubt. And I don't think any of the players right now in this roster really have. But let's let's flip gears because, you know, I I don't want to delve too far into just like pure negative territory. Is there anybody that you think stood out and will have a pretty good uh, team meeting room uh, experience tomorrow morning? Um, the kicker, young way. What's up? Made his kicks. The special teams. The, the, there was a great punting battle. There it did. The, the, both punters on the for the Eagles and the Falcons. I was just impressed that you know you guys dropped inside the ten over and over and over again. That stuff's hard. Uh, <laughs> you know, our special teams did well, but it, it's hard to. To say outside of Cordell Patterson and outside of the run game, showing you some some life that people are going to be too excited about what they're watching on, on the film. You know, even Matt Ryan and I. I told you guys that this whole I know Tom Brady can, can do it because he's Tom Brady, but you win a Super Bowl, you can do that. Matt Ryan coming from a four game win season, I personally would want to at least get a quarter in, in the preseason just to work on real game timing with. The new scheme, yeah. the new offense, the new plays, 
Not that Matt was, you know, 100% just off his game, but he wasn't as sharp as Matt Ryan usually is. You mentioned the, the um, mm-hmm. you know, lack of touchdowns and the punt after punt after punt after punt in the second half. I, I know Calvin Ridley dropped some balls that hit his hands and Kyle Pitts didn't show up like we wanted him to. But who knows what their timing could have been if there could have been a greater mind meld between him and the receivers if they had a little bit of in-game practice. I, I don't get the yeah. whole thing. I mean, again, I'm a fullback, and I want to get on the field. He's a quarterback. He's on the field all the time. I don't know. Maybe maybe they're looking back and saying, next year, let's at least get our starters one quarter, two quarters of preseason. Yeah. that. I mean, that would be a question that I would I would back pocket. If, if I was in those press conferences for next training camp. And it, it's something that I asked Dan Quinn a couple of different times because they would get off to slow starts during the season. And, and I asked every year. Uh, yeah, a couple of training camps like, hey, are you guys doing anything differently to adjust and basically tinker and try to figure out a way to like really be peaking maybe at the start of week one instead of using the first couple of games to get that lather, to get that those reps for your guys. And then, you know, come week three, we're winning our first game. Like it's just, if I was a coach, that's something that I would be having somebody figure out for me or be trying to figure out myself is what do we do? What's the best preseason training camp routine to get our guys to be winning these games early because they still matter as much as wins late in the season. You know, when, uh, when all is said and done and your records, your record two wins squeaking by at the beginning of the year, like that matters as well. So, um, you mentioned though Kyle Pitts and Calvin Ridley. Real quick, like what I thought when Calvin had three catches on the opening drive and everything was running smoothly, I was like, "All right, we're in for a Calvin Ridley oh, yeah. eleven catch, one hundred and twenty-three yard game with two touchdowns, all day. and and all every all will be well." And it did not turn out that way at all. He finished with five catches for fifty-one yards, which over half of that all came on that very first drive of the game. Yeah, no, I mean, there are a lot of people just, you know, following social media. It, 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 you know it's going to happen at some point, but it happened immediately the first game saying, oh, Julio would have caught that. Well, Julio would have done that. <laughs> well, well, if Julio was here, he would have done that. And, you know, having... I may have said that sarcastically. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's hard not to because we're just used to, like, you miss Julio. Like, we, mm-hmm. we, we, we won't miss him when... Kyle Pitts steps up when Calvin Ridley steps up. We won't miss Julio right. again. You know, granted he didn't play you know half the season last year, but still, just knowing that we had a force, a, a giant, a Hall of Famer type, you know, a receiver, somebody who scares other yes. teams. We've talked about yes. scary. He he's hella scary. You know, I'm I'm yeah. scared of Julio. If I'm a defensive back in the NFL, I'm wary of Calvin Ridley. I respect Calvin Ridley. I, being terrified of him, not this game. Uh, you know. Games past, he's shown that he can be dangerous, but you're just not either physically terrified of him as far as what he presents and not from his game that he showed you. So I, I don't know. I think we just need to have, I, te- I tweeted about it today, our stars play like stars. You know, yeah. you're not allowed to drop a ball and hit your hands, Calvin Ridley. You're not allowed Kyle Pitts to be the highest drafted tight end in, in NFL history to not make an impact in the game if you're playing. <laughs> like you got to get open. You got to get yards after contact. You have to wrestle a ball yeah. down. That's a 50 50 ball that you probably shouldn't catch, which who my man has a time. seven foot wingspan yes. and they had to bring out the, the chains to measure uh, a two inch like fourth down. Yeah, shouldn't happen. Shouldn't happen. So I, I, I hope that, uh, you know, 
these guys learn from this and come out with a, a whole new attitude next game. Are we chalking this up to, you know, Kyle, first game, you're a rookie. I mean, like there, there weren't any, it kind of, it kind of does suck that on the other side, uh, Devonte Smith yeah. kind of went off exactly. for, that's for what, Philly. You know what? Like that's what I'm talking about because both teams had a new head coach. Both teams yeah. won four games last year. Both teams. Yeah, this is a limit test for both teams. You know, both, both teams, you know, have the ability to say, you know what? We can't really make excuses. You know, no excuses. The, the team right. on the other side is just as bad as us. And they're yep. coming from a similar situation as us. So it's apples versus apples. And we yeah. did not and pass that. And you got your that. ass whooped. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that that is tough. I I am in the camp of tight ends. Just I like I having talked to Austin Hooper several times and, you know, Mike Malarkey and, and all of that and kind of knowing the tight end position because that's what I played in high school. So I always had a little bit of an affinity for it. I, I am in the camp that I think tight end at the NFL level is a really underratedly difficult position to learn because you have to know the run blocking Everything. schemes, the pass blocking yeah. schemes. You have to know the receiving routes. You have to know, I mean, like multiple positions. Are they motioning you? Are they putting you in the backfield? I mean, it's really, really difficult. Kind of seems like they are simplifying it a little bit with Kyle, like early on, just to let him be a force as a receiver, which I agree with, but not what you want from him him today. I uh, but. If there is one part of the offense I trust you get right, it is the receiving game. So to me, it is encouraging that the run game was as kind of on point and and was able to pick up some third and sevens, you know, and they were able to run a draw and they were able to get some 12 yard gains on run plays. So that was good. That was a benefit. But let's flip. Let's flip to the other side of the ball, because. I'm kind of starting to think that I'm crazy because throughout the game, I was under the impression that the defense actually played kind of well and that they were able to get some stops yeah. on third down and they were able to get off the field. And I did not leave that game thinking the defense was the problem. But since then, social media has told me <laughs> that the defense was the problem. So am I crazy or was it, was this not the worst possible start for the defense? I think our fans forget that our defense was the absolute worst when it came to stopping <laughs> the pass last year. So anything yeah. we put out there was going to be better than what we did last year. No, um, we, we couldn't get pressure. We couldn't get sacks last year. So the fact that Grady Jarrett, like almost sacked uh, their quarterback several times <laughs> and that we were around them. I mean, almost, <laughs> we're here to almost sacks the, people. The almost sacks were, were, Comforting. Let's do that. Let's count that on this podcast <laughs> we, as a bit. Well, we, we, just the running almost. We'll do like a ding every. I mean, it, it was the, uh, what was it? Fourth down and four. It was one big one uh, where Grady Jarrett was the back running there. out of bounds. He was chasing them. So we yeah. had a lot of progress, but we had progress that didn't actually make a difference. So uh, yeah. on the litmus test or the eye test, we looked better. But when it came down to the stats, it, it wasn't a as big of a jump as you wanted. So our, our defense. You know, much like our whole team, we're we're starting uh, starting anew. We have what six new starters on defense. Guys learning how to play with each other uh, on, on a full speed game. A communication uh, broke broke down a couple of times where you can kind of see, even as a casual fan, that they probably should have talked a little bit more because guys shouldn't be that open and, and you know gaps shouldn't be that clear when you're running the ball when you're passing the ball. So I I, I think that. Our defense didn't lose us that game. I mean, when you have four 
uh, punts in a row on offense, your defense gets tired. Our defense yeah, half yeah. was tired. It, it was on the field way too long. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm starting to think about defense almost in the way that we think about the offensive line, where it's not necessarily like having a, a true superstar on defense can be impactful if it's at the right position. You know, a, a truly elite pass rusher will impact the game. A true shutdown corner will impact the game. But I, I think that it's almost if you don't have one of the top three players at any of the positions at any of the three levels of a defense, then it becomes more important about the not having bad players on your defense. Yeah, there you go. Because, because light, an offense can target a defense. They can pick the part of the defense they want to attack. And so it doesn't matter if you have A.J. Terrell, who I actually think had a really good game, they're going to go right after Duran Harmon, or they're going to go after Isaiah Oliver. They're going to go after Fabian. They can just choose somebody else to go after. And I that's always been my concern with this defense is that it's the floor is a little bit low for my liking. And I think we saw some of that today because Deion Jones, I thought, had a pretty good game. Yeah. AJ Terrell had a pretty good game. You know, Foye, I love had a pretty Foye. good game. Like Nigerian Brady doing it. Like we I- Grady had a good game. You had your guys having good games but it was everybody else i think where they they didn't really hold up their end of the bargain i don't think they got off of blocks really well today as a defense what did you see um from them on that side of the ball well you're absolutely right when it comes to getting off, getting off blocks if you um pause the, the the um the game at any point which i did a couple of times i you know, had handy dandy a rewinder and i just wanted to see how did they get <laughs> That open, how they find these lanes, and, and yeah. they were able to run the ball. It seemed at will with us, and our guys yep. were kind of. And I don't know if this is the scheme they're running, but they were two gapping it to where they were just holding up the offensive lineman and kind of looking to see which way uh, they were going to go, rather than actually hitting the gap and filling the gap, which is what I thought that Dean Pease's uh, defense would be about. Uh, I didn't see the aggressive blitzing that I thought I'd see, and maybe they, they yeah. went away from that because. Jalen Hurts was much more mobile than they probably thought, or they seemed to have trouble getting them down. Like we mentioned earlier with the um, almost sacks that Grady and the yeah. rest of the team had. Well, it'll be on that point very interesting next week. Tom Brady. Like there's, yeah, there's not a greater juxtaposition <laughs> yeah. of athleticism at the quarterback position than these two weeks. So keep, keep going. But that was a very, yes, I saw that as well. They didn't blitz as much oh. as I thought they would. <laughs> But they got burned early. They did kind of on that a little they, bit. They did. Yeah. So I think uh, you know Dean Pease was in a tough position as to whether to you know keep going to his bag of tricks or trying to just hold on to um, you know play safe football. Um, I, I thought our defense was better than last year, but nowhere near good enough for us to win this year. So that that's why I think yeah. a lot of Falcons fans were excited, but at the end of the day, it didn't make the difference that they, we needed them to make because. We we've got to do better against a I don't want to say bad because they they played well but a mm-hmm. um an average NFC East Eagles team we we've got to do better against them because if our defense can't shut down Jalen Hurts how in God's name are we going to shut down Tom Brady Yeah uh, yeah and that that's what ultimately <laughs> worries you is because this this exposed a lot of things next week could expose an entirely different and probably worse can of worms uh, for the Falcons because it is much, much easier to just move the ball through the air 
And that is what Tom Brady is going to do when he's throwing it to Antonio Brown and Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and every other good receiver that you could think of. Um, but yeah, I mean, the the defense, I agree. Like it, I tweeted out during the game that today's performance reminded me a lot of the 2019 season opener against Minnesota, uh, where it just seemed like Minnesota was able to run the ball so well uh, on the exterior. They were setting the edge and they could get anything they wanted. And they were just moving the ball on the ground as easily as any team that I've seen the move the uh, move the ball on the ground against Atlanta in a long time. And today kind of felt a little bit like that. Part of that was Jalen Hurts. But, you know, Miles Sanders ran for 74 yards on 15 carries. Yeah. Like, that's a that's a really good rushing performance. And when they needed to, Devontae Smith was picking up seven yards on a third and three. And they were moving the Dallas Goddard was really involved uh, in, as well in this game. So I, I just think that certainly it's not what you want. Um, but I don't think it's as bad. Uh, like, I think that we're going to see better performances from Atlanta moving forward. I mean, we have to, right? And and there are some positives you can take away. I think the running stuff is real. It is what Arthur Smith is known for. And a lot of that can be scheme dependent. and. If Cordell Patterson ends up being a good contributor for this team, that's somebody that I wasn't necessarily counting on. And in week one, in a bad loss, like if that's kind of one bright spot to hold on to, maybe that's meaningful because it could be one more piece that your coaching staff uncovers to figure out what to do with moving forward. And yeah, if I'm going to go, you know, the, the sun will come out tomorrow mindset that's kind of what i'm choosing to uh to take away because i don't expect calvin ridley and kyle pitts to be held down for no 16 more games <laughs> no and, and i you've seen enough from those guys to where they'll, they'll get it figured out like you know I, i'm worried about Jalen mayfield to see if he'll get it figured out um uh, but i know ridley and pitts will i, I know our, our defense the one of the good things that i saw um uh, today with the defense is that they were flying around yeah, they got a little, yeah. a little tired at, at the end because they were out on the field after the three and outs over and over and over again came from the Falcons. Yeah, but they were flying around. You mentioned Deion Jones and Foyer and, and Grady. Um, I, I Dante, I, I just I feel like Thomas Dimitrov left us one last, you know, you know, <laughs> it to us with 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 Dante uh, Fowler because I I hope he turns into the defensive pass yeah. rusher threat that we thought he would be great. He took less money for a reason. Cause he knew that, you know, I, I kind of got him. I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm making way more than my production is, is showing. And uh, even with his pay cut, you know, he was saying, Hey, I'm, I'm going to show people that, you know, I'm worth this and that, that he didn't show us anything to, to today. And uh, it reminds me of uh, Ray Edwards. When uh, I was playing ball, we brought yeah. Ray Edwards from Minnesota. And, you know, nice guy. You know, he's, Amazing, great human being. Really funny. Defensive end, when it came to, uh, you know, being John Abraham's replacement or, or getting to the quarterback, he was yeah, nope. just a money pit that didn't do anything. And Dante is that as well. Grady's in the middle. We've had Grady for years now. We need somebody at the end that can make a difference. And it, it's just, it hasn't shown up yet. So I, we might have to have a pressure by committee type of a deal. And if uh, Dean could draw that up, that's the best chance we have to uh, become a threat on that side of the ball. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned uh, 
Brady's almost sacks, but he actually didn't record a single stat in this game. Wow. Which I hope I hope is not indicative of you mentioned kind of like the two gap style that they they want to play. I that's to me the wrong way to use Grady Jarrett. He's a one gap attacking defensive tackle. He's a pass rushing interior player. So if you're gonna sit there and I have no doubt that he is capable of fogging up the middle and making life really hard on two interior linemen if he needs to. But you also saw him got called for a holding penalty on defense today because he was trying to free up space for Dion or Foyer or whoever behind him to have a little bit of running room and and go make a play. And that's awesome. Again, I think Grady will be able to do that well, but is that the best use of Grady Jarrett? You know, probably not. So I think that they will tinker around. I think they'll figure it out. It's game one for the coaching staff as well. And, you know, these guys are trying to figure out and get comfortable with the players just as much as the players are trying to figure out and get comfortable with the scheme. So that's why I, you know, I'm, it's usually year two that you really see that drastic turnaround. I think in the NFL, because it just takes a year to get the reps for it to click mentally, to become second nature. And then to get that second nature muscle memory involved there as well. Um, But yeah, it, it, I mean, what else do we need to say about this game? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I just, I, I don't know. The the Saints, uh, I think it's the, the whole game. They did pretty well against yeah. the Green Bay, right? They, they were. Let's let's do that. Let's go around the rest of the league. What what else stood stood out to you? Because I, I, I mean, yeah, right now it's looking like the Saints in Tampa. Like Jameis Winston, that's a lot. Is uh, we we knew he was good at Tampa, but Jameis Winston is going to be a, a a competent quarterback for the Saints, and it's going to make this division harder than it, it's, <laughs> it already was uh, yeah. with the returning Super Bowl <laughs> champion. So I am not looking forward to playing in the NFC South if we can't uh, get better than this. It's just, I, I I don't know. Like, we we had so much hope. We had so much life and vim and vigor. It's always fun to talk about how great your team is. I mean, I, I remember year after year, the Cleveland Browns, I, I don't know why, but there's a bunch of Browns fans in my neighborhood and every year they're like, this is the year, this is the year. Not until Baker Mayfield oh, yeah. came, they actually have something to, to, to talk about. But they were so optimistic. And, and we, as Falcons fans, we couldn't help ourselves but be optimistic about the season. And it's not over, but it was a, a punch in the gut um, watching this game. And yeah. um, all, all sides of the ball, flashes here and there of promise. But it, it, it's leaving you wanting uh, more, uh, something to happen especially when you see other teams uh, do well. We're, we're forever, especially with Kyle Pitts's, you know, lackluster performance, going to have a <laughs> Justin Fields watch and say, oh, <laughs> should we have gotten Justin Fields and let him sit and just say it's going to be a rebuilding year for this year, next year, the year after, and, and see if Justin Fields could be the Aaron Rodgers. There are fans beating that drum really hard. Um, and, second fields gets in for the bears and shows out it's gonna get you know real loud when it comes to look see what we could have had competence is great but we're not in a win now mentality we're not in a super bowl ready mode we're not gonna be ready for a couple years we're in a rebuild we're in a two to three year rebuild to get to the playoffs and um i i just i think they're 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 wrong but who knows i think Kyle Pitts was the right choice because these 
coaches may not last two or three years. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> waiting for Justin Fields if he was there to to take over Matt Ryan because uh, he would be cheaper and allow uh, us to do a little more on defense and actually get a bona fide star defensive end, which is what we need. But no, around the league it was uh, was fun. Um, I, I caught a bit of the Saints game, caught a bit of some other games, yeah. but just watching football be back. And some of these uh, question marks uh, get answers to them was exciting. Yeah, I mean there there were really some interesting. I think uh, like obviously that that New Orleans Green Bay game is going to be the headline. I have to believe uh, on Monday morning, and it's just because those were two expected playoff teams and even more lopsided of an outcome than the Falcons. So. Yeah. Like that, that one is is crazy. Arizona beating Tennessee by 25 points. That's another, I think, really big and, and impactful game. I think Cleveland and Kansas City making it a, a really tight and four point outcome there uh, is another notable thing as well. And then, you know, in inside of the division as well, Carolina got a win. So Atlanta is 0-1 to start the season, and they are currently in fourth place in the NFC South. Um, I want to wrap it up, but I also so I want to utilize your unique expertise in in this area, and let's maybe keep tabs on Keith Smith throughout the year. And so, how would you rate uh, Keith Smith's performance as a fullback today in, in the game? They, he had a, he had a couple they, catches. They he had a gave couple him blocks. some love, and so uh, I, obviously, as a fullback, I, I am a fullback fan. And Keith Smith, he caught some balls off the backfield. You know, he got got a little love. Three catches, 18 yes. yards. Yes. And this is what I used to tell him all the time. Back when I was in Baltimore, I had uh, Jamal Lewis, Jester Taylor were the uh, tailbacks for me. I used to tell him all the time, you guys, uh, good hands, good hands. I have great hands because that's all I can do <laughs> is have great hands. The more I can yeah. do. And it wasn't until my fourth year with the Ravens, uh, the late Steve McNair was, was the quarterback. He realized it. He said, Ovi haven't dropped a ball in practice all training camp i said thank you somebody's paying attention i was like I, locking I, in hands yes what's up i work on this that's what maryland time. does and mm. you know, it's, a, it's an amazing <laughs> thing once the quarterback trusts you and knows just like uh, personal relationships sitting at the lunch table you know just talking trash yeah. with him like he knew that i was always going to be a reliable uh you know five yard dump off for him so i had more catches that season uh in 06 than um then Chester and Jamal per my number of snaps. And obviously, they had more snaps than me, but per my number of snaps, I had more catches. Yeah. Uh, same thing in Atlanta. Michael Turner, yeah, nice guy. Hands, good hands. <laughs> me, great hands compared to Michael Turner. So Keith Smith is kind of showing that he can be a good, reliable. Good is stretching it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> good, yeah. good is stretching it a yeah. little bit. Yeah. So he's got he's got hands. He's yeah. got two of them, but uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good. Easy. Okay. Average. Average. Uh, but no, I, I think uh, Keith is going to have a long career, and I wish the brother. I've met him a couple of times in person. Uh, I, I wish yeah. him a long He's career. Nice. Um, if you can catch the ball, you can block, and if you can run the ball, short yardage. Because a fullback who can't get a third and one, you can't get a goal line. You, you're worthless. You can't be in the game yeah. and not be able to do what fullbacks are supposed to do. So Keith. Um, he's not as big as I am. Fullbacks are more uh, svelte these days, but he is a force the Falcons uh, can work with. And on special teams, he, he's you know Mr. Automatic. So I, I'm, I'm loving what I'm seeing down there. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the common thread between fullbacks and tight ends, right? Is they're, they're guys who 
on any given play could be a, a kind of defender or a or a weapon and you know either protecting the quarterback or going out and, and being an offensive threat so yeah i mean that was that was absolutely a, a hallmark of your game somebody like patrick demarco kyle Yuschek, um all of these guys and, and keith smith i thought again three catches man that you're making an impact on the offense if you're doing that um before we get out of here ov do you have any final thoughts um on just what this means going into the week you know how are we now going to perceive the falcons this team what they need to do what do we need to see this week in practice what do you want to hear from coach smith you know throughout this week is it is it more laying the blame on on his own shoulders and i wasn't prepared do you want to turn the page do you want him to kind of hold people's feet to the fire what's up now he doesn't have to do it uh, in front of the media because that doesn't do anything but behind closed doors he's gonna give us all the the coach talk that we hear all the time <laughs> that, about, hurts. You know, that hurts me it, it, it bothers me because i i want him to hold him accountable to me but i'm you know not, <laughs> not part of a media and do uh, throwing your players to the wolves doesn't get you their trust but um yeah, yeah. you'll gain their trust if they see you hold even the highest, most paid, you know, big timeiest players uh, accountable and, and call them out in front of their peers. Let them know that this is not acceptable. Like you can't make these mistakes. You can't not do your job because it affects everyone else around you. And it's going to have us losing game after game after game. So uh, we spoke before with Tampa Bay coming up. It's either going to be a blowout or it's going to be one of the greatest uh, uh, underdog stories ever. So I I'm looking for... <laughs> Uh, forward to the latter, but we have nothing to lose, nothing to lose. So like, next game is just going to be a, um, a a get right game, a, a get back game. We we have yeah. no expectations. No one's expecting us to win. So we can go out there, play loose like I thought we played this first game uh, and, and maybe shock the world because beating the defending Super Bowl champions is a great way to get back on track. Yep. Yep. But they're going to have to after dropping this first game, 32 to six. To the Philadelphia Eagles, um, yeah, not not what you wanted to see, especially from Atlanta's offense. But hey, start of the season, right? Yep. One game, and now there are seventeen. It's so so much of the season left to play. Like that doesn't even need to be said. Um, but hey, I'm new at podcasting, so I said it anyway out of habit. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> there we go. A uh, little peek behind the curtain. Um, today's episode was presented by Bet Online. Ovi, you got anything else to uh, to let everybody know before we get out of here? No, my friend. Uh, thank you guys for listening. We're both enjoying this ride. We're going to make sure we give you only the best that Willie and Ovi can bring to the table. <laughs> yep, and we will be back uh, later this week um, previewing Atlanta's matchup against Tampa Bay, which hopefully won't be the... Uh, you know, the oncoming slaughter that it looks like right now. But uh, we'll 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 turn the page instead of tell the truth Monday. It'll be turn the page Monday and then we'll get back on track for Tampa Bay in week two. Um, but everybody, thank you so much for listening. Uh, tell your friends, family, enemies, all that good stuff. And take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.